hanging out with us, everybody. It's Sports for CLE on this Thursday, August 5th, 2021. We have a jam-packed show for you. The Cleveland Browns may be off from training camp today, but that's not stopping us from talking about the first week of training camp and the expectations for this upcoming season. I'm John Fanta. Great to have all of you with us. And in the next hour, we'll hear from ESPN NFL insider Field Yates. He'll talk about some of the Browns' fantasy value to look out for. And he'll also break down Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield's contract situation, and much more. We begin, though, with Cleveland.com, Plain Dealer's own Mary Kay Cabot talking about the first week of training camp and Mary Kay it's great to have you with us here this afternoon what are your three takeaways if you could find the first three of many that you're looking at here from the first week of camp well there are plenty there there is so much going on out there so much good stuff to see and let me say this my number one takeaway from training camp so far is that this is the best roster that I have covered in 30 some years of covering this football team. I've never seen a better roster from top to bottom and just in terms of sheer talent. I mean, it really looks to me uh, like it's built to go the distance. And when I, when I look out there and I see uh, such incredible talent on both sides of the ball at every single position, uh, I, I just think it's going to be a great season for the team, for the fans, for the city. And so I think everyone should just kind of strap in and go for this ride because I think it's going to be fantastic. Well, that's one big one right off the bat. And the biggest question mark heading into this season is just how improved will the Cleveland Browns defense be? We're talking about the potential for eight, perhaps nine new starters. From what you've seen from this defensive unit, what are your impressions? Uh, well, it, it's pretty incredible. It is, uh, it, it's a really amazing defense and just in terms of uh, the guys out there are so athletic, so fast. Uh, you, I mean, Jadavian Clowney, he's had a, a phenomenal camp, which would be my second takeaway. Uh, Jadavian was, has been incredible in this first week. He's healthy. He's happy. He's getting along with Miles Garrett really well. And that's not always uh, a thing that happens right off the bat. Usually, my, it takes a little while for Miles to let someone into his inner circle a little bit. And, you know, that's kind of happened instantaneously with Jadavian. So I would just say that, you know, that is my second takeaway uh, in terms of what I've seen in camp so far. And then the other one, the, the last one, would be Donovan Peoples-Jones. He has been the it receiver in camp. I mean, there's just no question about it. Now, part of that is because uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has not been participating in team drills, and Rashard Higgins rolled his ankle, and they're kind of, you know, go taking it a little bit easy with Jarvis Landry. So it's given an opportunity to Donovan Peoples-Jones to really take over and win the first week of camp, and he has done that tremendously. We'll talk more about the wide receiver competition beyond some of those headliners that you mentioned later in the show. Let's look back, though, at this defense, and primarily in the secondary there are some injuries here with Ronnie Harrison's situation. He came over from Jacksonville last season and made such a great impact. You have the newcomer in Greg Newsome. There are high expectations. And then there's the case of Greedy Williams, too, Mary Kay, and just what he has to prove in this camp after getting nicked up uh, back in the equation and back on the practice field yesterday. 
when you look at this secondary and some of the key questions that they have to answer, what are those? Well, the, the two biggest questions that they have to answer in the secondary are Grant Delpit and Greedy Williams going to be healthy enough uh, for a lot of duty this season? And I think, you know, I think they will be able to get out there. I kind of think it's just a matter of when and how much right away. Now, Grant is, uh, you know, he's really not participating in very many team drills yet. He's getting days off every few days where he's just kind of standing on the sidelines, ramping up, wearing the bucket hat, and kind of getting back into the flow of things. So uh, they're taking it really easy with him. Greedy is getting more team reps. Uh, he's out there a little bit more, and it's great to see because he's gone through heck in trying to come back from this shoulder injury. Uh, so I would have to say that he's right now a little bit closer to getting on the field. But those are the two biggest question marks in the secondary is just how much can you get from those two guys and how soon? Mary Kay, I'm going to put you in the seat of truth and reason a few times here over the next half hour or so. And the first big question that we ask you today is heading into this season, who has more to prove, Odell Beckham Jr. or Jadavian Clowney? Wow, that, that's that's an interesting question. Uh, I would probably say Jadavian Clowney because Odell Beckham Jr., you know, I mean, he, he really is just coming off of an injury. And 2019, it wasn't fair to grade him on any of 2019 because that was just such a disastrous season. But Jadavian Clowney, you know, he comes in here with, you know, with great expectations. He's only had three sacks in his last 19 games and none last year in eight games. And, you know, it really is an opportunity for him to kind of get his career back on track. Uh, you know, heading into his 2020 season, he was looking for an enormous amount of money and, you know, the expectations were still high. Then he has that torn, um, torn meniscus last year. And he just really struggled all season long. So now he's healthy again, and it's a chance for him to really get himself back on track. I would say Jadavian has more to prove. It's really fascinating, the dynamic that you have with a player who has quite a bit to prove in Jadavian Clowney. He agrees to a one-year deal with the Browns, uh, upwards of $10 million. And the fact that he is a teammate of Miles Garrett, Mary Kay, and you've covered Miles, the ups and downs early on in his career, certainly many ups on the field. Uh, he's fought through some of the different forms of adversity. And just the way that these two players on different career paths, now match up, and when they play at their best, at their best, you're talking about not just Pro Bowl material, but material of best defensive linemen in the game. And seeing how these two play together, I think might be the most fascinating element to this season because you do have such a dynamic duo on the offensive side of the football with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and it makes you wonder if, we could find that same type of dynamic on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, well, it's a reason why Andrew Berry has been trying to get Jadavian Clowney since last year. He wants that synergy between those two guys. I'll tell you, when there's a guy that is picked number one overall in the NFL, like Miles and Jadavian both were, uh, there's something different about those kind of guys. Uh, those guys have an elite skill set that you just don't find anywhere. And when you watch them practice, you can see it. They move differently. Uh, every, every move they make just looks a little different than your average normal human being. And we're seeing that right now from, from Jadavian Clowney. A healthy Jadavian Clowney has looked tremendous in camp. 
Uh, one day I watched him work when Miles sat out. I watched him work a little bit against Jed Wills. And he was giving Jed Wills all he could handle. Then the next day I saw him working against Jack Conklin and he was giving Jack Conklin all that he could handle. Of course, you're not really, you know, game planning for them yet. So, you know, you don't necessarily have a tight end helping you chip on that side. Uh, you're really just kind of trying to go man on man and, and see what happens. And that's a tough assignment to try to stop or block a Jadavian Clowney or a Miles Garrett. But watching those two guys work together and interact with each other has been one of the highlights of camp for me so far. One of the things that I have found interesting is the way that they are sharing pass rush techniques, little tricks of the trade and tips. You know, they do a lot of that in between drills where where they are just kind of, you know, standing there talking to each other and showing how they, you know, do a, a swim move or something like that. And it's just been kind of cool to watch that. And um, I think they're going to be dynamite together. And while nobody's game planning for them right now, you're talking about members of an offensive line that is ranked number one from Pro Football Focus heading into this upcoming season. So interesting stuff happening in Berea with this new duo, Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. We're going to take a quick timeout, and when we come back, we'll talk about the national landscape. Where does one NFL network analyst have the Browns in his AFC power rankings? We'll give you the answer and react to it next. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for fall classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. Welcome back to Sports for CLE on this Thursday afternoon. I'm John Fanta. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are talking Browns. And one national analyst earlier today, that's Nate Burleson from the NFL Network, who has been typically high on the Cleveland Browns. Well, he unveiled his updated AFC Power Rankings. Take a look. I don't believe they're in the top three yet. Okay. You mentioned Kevin Stefanski, the new head coach. 
He's a new head coach. Mm -hmm. I know this is a great 2020, but he just got here, which means you have to prove a level of consistency before I say you're right behind the Bills. You said it was uh, Kansas City, the Bills, and then the Browns. Mm -hmm. As much as I love them, I'm going to go, go Kansas City, the Bills. Go I still on. got the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though wow. they beat them up in the playoffs. I get it. I know you're saying, well, they, they got smacked around. I, nice. I just respect the fact that the Steelers start off so fast, and that was a little bit of an anomaly. That was bizarro Steelers. Like, like that, I don't know. It was bizarre. <laughs> it was bizarro. And then after that, I'm going Tennessee Titans and the Ravens. So the Browns, they might fall right out of my top five wow. um, right. And, and right around six. So I, I love the Browns. But I just, after one season, I, will, I won't elevate you. And okay. I won't hold it against you. What I mean by that, if I'm looking at the Browns, I'm not going to say, you guys are now Super Bowl champions. Do it for another year. Show consistency during the regular season okay. and in the playoffs. Then I'll crown you as okay. one of the best teams in the AFC, maybe even best teams in the NFL. Hmm. Hmm. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the best team in the AFC North? Interest peaked. All right, let's welcome back in. Cleveland.com, Plain Dealer, reporter Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, your reaction to those rankings. The Browns not in the top five in the AFC in this case. Well, I would have definitely put them in my own top five. Uh, and I think he had a couple of interesting points that he made there that we could break down a little bit. First of all, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do agree with him on one thing. I think that I think people are writing off the Steelers way too soon. People have that playoff game in their mind, and they can't get it out of their mind. But a lot of things happen uh, in that game. It got out of hand right away. I think uh, the Juju Smith-Schuster factor was so enormous in that game uh, that, that he was the reason why the Steelers lost that game. I mean, he had the Browns so over the moon and hyped up. It was just like manna from heaven what he did before that game. Uh, and, and, you know, they just had no chance. I mean, they were just – caught off guard and they did not have any kind of a fan base in there uh, to get anybody back on their side or anything like that. So uh, that had a lot to do with that. And once again, it just like they had them at hello in that game. The minute that snap sailed uh, over the head, it was, it was over. Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean the Steelers are horrible. And I do think that they always have a good defense. I mean, they've got, think of that. I mean, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, you know, you, you go on and on and on with the guys they have on that defense and uh, you just can't write them off. And it will come down to how much better Ben Roethlisberger is this year, one more year removed from his elbow surgery. If that elbow surgery was still lingering last year and was a major reason why he struggled, then watch out because that receiving core that they have is dynamite, okay? Those guys are dynamite and now they've got a running back to go with it. What they don't have enough of is an offensive line. But if they can overcome that a little bit, this could be a good football team. I still would rank the Browns ahead of them, and I would rank the Browns ahead of the Titans right now uh, because their defense has gotten so good. The Titans' defense is not as good as the Browns' defense. The Browns' defense is going to be really good this year, and I think good early on. So I would put those two teams ahead of the Browns. They would be in my top five for sure. Would you rank the Browns ahead of the Ravens? Uh, you know what? That's one that I – as of right this this very moment, I still think I would put the Ravens ahead of the Browns because they haven't proven it yet. You know, they just haven't shown uh, that they can go out there and beat the Ravens on a consistent basis yet. And they're going to have to do that. I mean, they're going to have to do that uh, either in the regular season to, to get there or even in the playoffs. And uh, so right now, I think the Ravens have still earned that. And some of it will have to do with 
how Lamar Jackson plays this season and how he can add to his repertoire as a passer. And I've said this so many different times. If I were the Ravens, I would find somebody that has that can do exactly what Lamar can't do well from a passing standpoint. And I would uh, throw that guy into the into the into the mix every once in a while. I would give him some reps here and there. Uh, somebody with you know just a big pure arm, and uh, and I I would do that and give that element. It's almost like the the reverse wildcat, right? I mean, just get somebody out there uh, that that can hurt you in a different way. Uh, so as of right now, I mean their defense still is it's always really good. They've added some nice pieces. They've added some parts on offense. Now Lamar Jackson is not practicing right now. That doesn't help matters for them. If you want to incorporate new things into your scheme, this is the time to put that in. He's been out on the COVID-19 reserve list. That's not helping matters. But for right now, I would still have the Ravens just slightly ahead of the Browns. You talk about having that quarterback uh, that maybe comes in and does something different from the starter, a little bit of an inverse of what the Saints tried to do with Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, and that special package, and it, it did work successfully at times. So it'll be interesting to see how Baltimore evolves because we always talk about them as one of the top teams. Will they continue to stay at that level? Lamar Jackson's record speaks for itself. But I think what's interesting there that Nate Burleson says Kevin Stefanski was just in his first season. He's still a relatively new head coach. Mary Kay, you can speak to this because you're around this organization day in and day out. Have you sensed anything different from Kevin Stefanski from where he was last year? I know it was COVID-19, but in terms of demeanor, attitude, setting a standard to where he is right now. No, he's exactly the same. And that's the thing. Uh, whenever I've talked to anybody about Kevin Stefanski, uh, that's what they always say about him. You're, you're going to get the same guy every single day he's unflappable uh he is just a you know he's just kind of a flat liner he's very even keeled uh that's not to say that he doesn't have any personality he's a funny guy he's personable he's fun to be around but uh you know he just is so professional uh that you're you know you're really going to have a hard time trying to to rattle him or get him off of his game and i he's the same guy he has come in here and he has got these guys focused on the work and on the next task at hand and that's what he did all last season. They didn't look ahead two weeks. They didn't look ahead three weeks. They didn't look ahead to the bye week. They didn't talk playoffs all the time. They did not talk Super Bowl until they got into the tournament. Once they got into the tournament, the floodgates opened, and he was he himself talked about, now we've got a chance to win the Super Bowl just like everybody else does. But before that, it was basically a moratorium on, on even talking about that sort of stuff. So uh, he's back to that. He's back to just put those blinders on and figure out what you have to do to win that next game, which, of course, will be the Kansas City Chiefs. He certainly lives in the moment. And I think with this roster, there's not much keeping him up at night at this stage of the game in August. That being said, Mary Kay, if you had one area of concern, it's early, but one area of concern that you want to see evolve, develop here as the preseason goes on. What is it with this Cleveland Browns group? You know, I mean, that is a tough question to answer because there really is not what I would call an area of concern anywhere on the football field. They addressed all of their offensive issues last year. Uh, they addressed all of their defensive issues this year. And they have really done a nice job of building this team. And it's sound and it's deep. So you cannot look at any one position and say, 
you know, that's the spot that, that we're going to worry about. I mean, I guess if you had to pick something and you're making me pick something, John, so I will do it. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I would probably say, you know, maybe linebacker a little bit, you know, they've got to get things a little figured out at, at linebacker, but I mean, there, you know, there's good talent there and right. I, it's not a concern. It's just maybe one of the things that's still a little bit up in the air. Special teams. I mean, not to be, but just knowing how they've been, recently and just knowing Cody Parkey a little bit I mean that that's an area where Browns fans are envisioning Mary Kate a tie game at 27 with the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium week one and if the Browns are going to have a chance to win that game it could very well come in narrow fashion and that's where the foot of Cody Parkey is going to be ultra important well that's that is true you're right I was thinking more offense and defense but but you're right the special teams will be better this year I can almost promise you that the special teams will be better this year because they were not good last year. Uh, so, yeah, that is probably uh, something that you could look at. I mean, now, Cody had one horrible day in camp. I don't know what was going on. He might have been trying something new. So we don't really know uh, sometimes if, if guys are trying out a new technique, uh, if they're trying out a new shoe or what they're doing. Uh, but one day he, he went like one for five on field goals. But then he's been really solid ever since then. Uh, so I don't think it's a huge concern. Uh, but it's also an area where if he doesn't toe the line, so to speak, uh, you know, they'll they'll make a change. So they're not going to go a whole season if that's shaky. Uh, and and I, I think they're they're starting to feel pretty good about it. Look, if there's any takeaway from last season in terms of the special teams, it's that they've seen any and all cases of that Lake Erie wind because the weather was that rough. Raiders game, Eagles game, uh, we saw it last season. We are going to take a timeout, and when we come back, we'll talk about some of the training camp competitions. No, no, there's no quarterback competition, and that's been refreshing to not have one the past couple of seasons. But when you've got a roster this loaded, you're going to have some good football players who could be left off it. We'll get into it next. Life is getting back on track, and so is the job market. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try Seek and Help with tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified, or train for a new career, go to try-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. Register now for online and on-campus classes. Try-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students kindergarten through 12th grade can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine.
It's Sports for CLE on your laptop, your iPad, your iPhone, wherever you're watching from. It's great to have you with us on this Thursday afternoon. We have ESPN NFL insider Field Yates coming up. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. He'll share some of his expectations for the Browns. Odell Beckham Jr.'s fantasy draft value. Donovan Peoples-Jones as well. And some thoughts on Baker Mayfield's contract situation. First, though, we welcome back Cleveland.com beat reporter, Plain Dealer as well. She's a WKYC Channel 3 contributor, and she's a Pro Football Hall of Fame selector. It is Mary Kay Cabot. We are talking all things Browns. And Mary Kay, NFL.com had a piece on 14 first-string NFL players who could be in jeopardy with their their jobs in terms of being that first string guy and nfl.com listed austin hooper as one of those players what say you on the tight end spot for the cleveland browns well they certainly don't want that to happen i mean the cleveland browns uh signed austin hooper to a very big lucrative contract he's making ten and a half million dollars a year that puts him in the upper echelon of tight ends in terms of pay so when you pay a guy that much you certainly don't expect him to be your second string tight end uh so i think every effort is being made to make sure uh, that that he is going to be a big part of the offense this season. Now, I do think that they're going to be, that play two tight ends less than they did last year. Why? Because they have so many good receivers. You cannot leave those guys sitting on the bench. You've got to play some three wides, and occasionally you're going to play some four wides. So I think there will be uh, you know less 12 personnel than we have seen in the past. Uh, but uh, but still, I think when you have one tight end out there. Uh, for the most part, I think it's going to be Austin Hooper. At least that is the plan going in. And one thing that I have seen a lot of this camp is uh, Baker Mayfield and Austin Hooper working together a lot, sort of off to the side and just kind of trying to get uh, to get their timing down and get their chemistry down. In the same way that he needs to develop that with Odell Beckham Jr., Austin Hooper and Baker, they kind of need to develop that natural sort of thing. I actually think Baker has a little bit more of that with David Njoku, believe it or not. I think David, because he's all in this season and not having one foot out the door, is poised to have a really nice year if he gets the targets and the opportunities. And I do think that that Baker and and David have a, a better chemistry because they've been together longer and they've just taken more reps. Uh, but I still think the effort will be there to keep Austin Hooper as the number one tight end. Well, and it bears noting, last year in a COVID-19 season, Austin Hooper's first season as a Cleveland Brown, he also dealt with appendicitis, he dealt with a neck injury, and he had his lowest total since his rookie season, 46 receptions for 425 yards. But I would expect that that total goes up this upcoming season, and we'll see if he can put it all together here as a Cleveland Brown because there's no question the thought is that he can be one of the NFL's elite tight ends. We'll see what happens there. Uh, let's turn to wide receivers. And we know who the headliners are. OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones has drawn all eyes during this training camp. And... The thought in mind is that Rashard Higgins will be part of the equation as well. It's beyond those top four where you start to discuss some of the options that the Browns are looking at. Who do you think is the safest outside of those four that they'll be that fifth or sixth receiver uh, in the Browns depth chart? 
Well, first of all, Anthony Schwartz is going to be making the football team. Uh, he 100% uh, is going to be a key part of this offense going forward. He was picked, obviously, in the third round. And what he did in this training camp uh, was he sort of he sort of added the element of improving hands uh, to that tremendous speed that he has. And he was really coming along. He was coming up the learning curve very quickly. And that is going to be, you know, the, the marching orders for him is get those hands really solid. And, this, you know, again, we know the speed is there, but you can get behind that defense. And if you don't catch the ball, it just doesn't matter. So that was, you know, what he was really working on. And he had come a really long way. The problem with Anthony Schwartz right now is that he has a little bit of a tweaked hamstring. And it was something that also bothered him in the spring. And when you've got a guy that runs like the wind, like he does, those hamstrings have got to be solid. You cannot have a gimpy hamstring and get out there and try to run a 4.2 in the 40. So not going to happen. But Anthony Schwartz, again, uh, is somebody to keep an eye on if he can get back and start practicing again. And they're being a little cautious with him right now because, you know, you really need to rest those hamstrings. But uh, he, he's he's got a little ways to go, but but he's coming up quickly. Who could be the receivers fighting for that final spot? Well, you know, of course, you know, you've got JoJo Natson is back this year from the torn ACL. But, you know, you know, he's somebody that also returns kicks and does some other things. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how that works out. And then you've got Kadero Hodge. You know, the coaching staff loves Kadero Hodge. He, he's very sound. He's fundamentally sound. He catches the ball really well. And there's just a lot to like about him. So I think he's somebody uh, that will challenge really to make the team. I think he will make the team. Uh, and then, you know, some of the other guys that, that are on the roster right now uh, that, you know, might end up sticking around on the practice squad or, or whatever the case may be, would be, uh, you know, a Jamarcus Bradley, an Alexander, Alexander Hollins, uh, but for the most part, I, I think it's pretty well set what you're going to see there in the receiver room. Certainly a deep, deep room. We are going to take a timeout, and when we come back, it is around training camp with the rookies, the new kids on the block in Berea. What's Mary Kay Cabot think of the newest Cleveland Browns? Stick with us. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine.
One half down, one to go on this Thursday edition of Sports for CLE. I'm your host, John Fanta, in for Dave Bacon. Dave will be back next week, and we'll have Mac Robinson back in here tomorrow. Let's continue talking Browns with Cleveland.com's Mary Kay Cabot. The Browns off of training camp today. They'll be back at practice tomorrow afternoon. But we are through one week of training camp, and with that comes evaluating some of the new kids on the block. So, Mary Kay, what do you make of the rookies thus far? Well, let's start with Greg Newsom, the cornerback who has been getting some first-team reps opposite Denzel Ward and making a strong case for himself uh, to, become, to become the starter on opening day. Now, he's competing with, with Greedy Williams, who, again, is coming back from the shoulder injury. Uh, but Greg is doing a really nice job. And, you know, it, it seems to me that if he continues on this trajectory, that he will end up being the starter with Denzel Ward on opening day. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but he, he, you know, he just he's in the right place at the right time. He's learning a lot from John Johnson, third. Uh, John Johnson, you know, helps get everyone lined up. He gives pointers. He gives tips. He's a great vocal leader in the secondary, and he's helping the young guys really come along. So a pretty good battle there going on between Greedy and Greg. Uh, but Greg is doing a really nice job now. Jok Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa uh, spent the first five days of regular veteran training camp, not the rookie quarterback part the week before. The first full day, five days of training camp on the COVID nineteen reserve list. He got back two days ago and. And he, uh, the very first day, all he did was some individual drills. They had to ramp him up a little bit. On the second day, which was yesterday, uh, he got involved in a little bit of team drills. That was in part because Mac Wilson was attending the birth of his son, Mac II. Good for him. Congratulations, Mac. Uh, but, uh, you know, so JOK, I wrote a column about this yesterday. He is such a student of the game, and he's so smart that it's not going to take him long to catch back up. He stayed involved, you know, he did virtual walkthroughs at home, and he's just really good at what he does. I mean, he really cares about his craft, and I think he's going to be okay. He stayed in shape, he was asymptomatic, and I think before long, he's going to be pressing Mac Wilson for, for some of those first-team reps. We talked a lot about Anthony Schwartz already, um, and then you've got Tommy Togiai at defensive tackle. He looks good, he's rotating right in there. The moment is not too big for him. When you play at Ohio State, you, you know, You've seen a lot of really good high-level football. So he looks good in there so far. Uh, you know, then you've got Tony Fields. Uh, he's not out there. I mean, he has another foot injury. Uh, too bad for Tony because he's, he's losing a lot of ground in this camp. But hopefully he'll be, be back at some point. Then you've got uh, James Hudson. Uh, James, the offensive tackle, he's, he's getting some good reps. And, uh, you know, he is working uh, and kind of competing with Chris Hubbard for some of those backup tackle reps. But but he's doing a nice job in there and, and learning a lot from the great Bill Callahan. Uh, Demetric Felton, he's been incredibly impressive. I mean impressive in this camp. Uh, he's running it well. He's catching it well. Uh, when he runs, he, he really is very decisive. He's elusive. Uh, he's got great instincts. And, you know, same thing when he's out there playing receiver. So he's, he's going to be just a, a multi-purpose weapon for this football team. I think fans are going to love him. Well, part of ESPN.com's bold camp predictions was that Demetric Felton will win the job as the Browns' return man. The way that you're talking about the rookie out of UCLA, who, by the way, broke a UCLA record for receptions throughout his career, that doesn't sound all that bold right now. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I mean, if you were watching him in camp, you would see that uh, 
you know, that they're going to try to find a way to get him on the football field somehow. I mean, he, you know, he's going to deserve to be on there. That's going to be the hard part about this, uh, this whole season, I think, is they almost have too many weapons. It's a good problem to have, but nevertheless, it is a problem. When you were talking earlier about Austin Hooper maybe increasing his 46 receptions from last year, in a perfect world, yes, he would. But there are so many places to go with the football that I think it's just going to be hard uh, for everybody to get the targets they deserve. But for sure... Demetri Felton, they'll find a way to get him on the football field. And if in the return game is the only way they can do it in the beginning, they'll do it. Mary Kay, before we let you go, you brought up Greg Newsom and how he could be in a starting position. And of course, the Browns picking him in the first round, it certainly would indicate they believe that he can be that type of player right from the get-go. That being said, in this training camp, how much pressure is added to Greedy Williams' plate to perform and start to put it together while staying healthy? Well, those two guys will bring out the best in each other. And the good thing about Greedy, uh, who is just kind of one of my favorite people on the team, I'm really pulling for him, and I hope the fans are too. Uh, he's such a good guy. And, you know, he he welcomed Greg Newsom with open arms right off the bat. And they are going to push each other. They're going to bring out the best in each other. You know, just the same way JOK talks about doing that with Mac Wilson. These are a bunch of, like, really good uh, character players that Browns fans are going to be just falling in love with over the next how many every years because, you know, these are, are, are good guys as well as good football players. So they're bringing out the best in each other. They're pushing each other. They're learning from the older guys. Greedy is a little bit at the mercy of the nerve in his shoulder. It's got to keep coming back stronger and stronger as the days go by, but he looks really good so far. Follow her on Twitter at Mary Kay Cabot and at cleveland.com day in day out on the hour browns coverage mary kay cabot is the best mary kay thanks so much my pleasure coming up on sports for cle we welcome in espn nfl insider the co-host of the fantasy focus football podcast that's field yates you do not want to miss this conversation Welcome back to Sports for CLE. I'm John Fanta, and we thank Cleveland.com's Mary Kay Cabot for coming on the show. Let's get the national perspective now with NFL Insider for ESPN. He's also the co-host of the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast and was just talking Browns earlier today. It's Field Yates who is joining us. Field, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate you having me on, John. Absolutely. Let's start just looking at the Browns from a national perspective, feel as an NFL insider for ESPN, you talk with teams, you talk with executives, people all across this league. How much has the perception of the Cleveland Browns organization changed? 
yeah, dramatically. And there was certainly nowhere to go but up. But I don't know that anybody envisioned the ascension for the Browns to take place this quickly. And it's not just a roster that is very, very strong. It's a coaching staff and a front office that seems to have a shared vision, which, as we know in the NFL, may sound simple, but it's not always the case. You've got competing interests and you've got egos and hierarchies that people are discussing. It seems like Kevin Stefanski and his coaching staff and Andrew Barry and his scouting staff have an unbelievable harmony right now that has led to sound football business taking place over the last 18 or so months that they have been on the job together. So there's a lot of reason that Browns uh, fans should be excited right now. And I think this year is one where, despite the major leap taken last year, could be one that we look back upon as a turning point in the franchise. Let's stick with Kevin Stefanski because when he was hired, the thought was, okay, first head coaching job, but he certainly is someone who's highly regarded as a coordinator. How much would you say your viewpoint has evolved, developed from the time that he was hired as the Browns head coach to right now? You know, I have a little bit of a different perspective normally when head coaching hires take place when it's a new head coach. You know, play, uh, coaches that are retreads or are given a second opportunity, you have a sample size to evaluate them on. So you might have a better frame of reference on what John Gruden might bring to the table with the Raiders, his second go around with the franchise, than you do with Kevin Stefanski. Because while it's natural for teams to look at coordinators as head coaching candidates, there's such a different skill set that goes into being a really good head coach than there is that goes into being a really good coordinator. But what we learned over Kevin Stefanski's first year is it seems, and you know, not having been inside the building, I can't attest to this uh, with 100% certainty, but I feel pretty confident in saying he's an excellent communicator. And I think the fact that uh, he's been around this league uh, and professional sports for a long time, obviously the son of an NBA executive has helped him sort of grow the ability to relate, relate to a locker room understanding that during the offseason you've got 90 players you're trying to connect to, which is not easy, whether you played in the NFL for 15 years, whether you've been coaching for 20 years, whether you've been coaching for two years. But it seems like he's got a connectivity with the players that's pretty apparent. I think that he's handled sort of being the face of the franchise or one of the faces of the franchise publicly very well. He's got a good demeanor about him. So Kevin Stefanski strikes you from a distance as a pretty calm and collected individual. And while there's fire for sure in the belly and it shows up on game days, it felt to me like he was a composed coach throughout the season. And the Browns are one of those teams that never too high, never too low. The talent takes care of itself. Field, let's look at the AFC North because last season this division absolutely stacked. You're talking about three teams that had 11-plus wins, each of them, the Steelers at the top, the Ravens and the Browns right there behind. How do you forecast this division? I think it's more of a two-team race this year than a three-team race. I, I, I do believe that Baltimore and Cleveland are the two teams that should be considered the top of this division. Pittsburgh is going to be solid. Uh, Mike Tomlin, as I believe we all know, 14 years as an NFL head coach, he's never had a losing season. That's the longest streak by any coach in NFL history to begin his head coaching career without a single losing campaign. So Mike Tomlin immediately raises the floor for basically any season of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to be very good on defense, but I have some question marks about how the offense will come together. 
especially with an offensive line that right now feels quite suspect. Baltimore and Cleveland, though, feel like they could be duking it out in important games down the stretch and either looking slightly up, slightly down, or right at each other in the standings. I just believe that Baltimore has a little bit larger sample size of been there, done that. But there's a case that Cleveland's roster right now might be a little bit more balanced. And Ravens fans probably won't love to hear that, but it's a testament to the roster that Andrew Barry has built and the way that he utilizes the resources that he has, especially if these defensive playmakers they added this offseason uh, return on investment. Well, you just bring up those defensive playmakers. Going along the lines of that, if the Browns do have that more balanced roster, which you just said it looks that way heading into this season, what does it actually take, Field, for Cleveland to make that jump and be the top team in the AFC North? Yeah, I think it's going to require them. And some of the things that we saw down the stretch last season, which were so encouraging, was that there have been times where the Browns were competitive, or even uncompetitive in defeat, non-competitive in defeat against their AFC North foes. Last year, though, it felt like there was a little bit of a mental edge developed by Cleveland, whether it was going toe-to-toe with those other two contenders or in the case of the Steelers, going on the road in a playoff game with several key roster pieces, including their head coach not available because of COVID protocols, and winning that game. I think the Browns have a confidence that is now burned into their brain that will go a long way. And then I think it's probably going to come down to, while the Browns' bread and butter offensively will be able to will be being able to run the football effectively, the pieces are in place for them to be much more dynamic as a passing attack this year. And if Baker Mayfield has a harmony, a rhythm, a connection built with Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Hollywood Higgins, Anthony Schwartz, any of their tight ends, then this passing offense should be even better than where it was last year. It was solid, but I think you can take another level. And in the NFL, while there are many ways to skin the cat, we have seen that some of the best, most accomplished teams in recent years have been these high-flying offensive attacks. Phil, the Nick Chubb contract is done. Now the million-dollar question being asked in Cleveland is, what exactly goes down with Baker Mayfield's contract? Yeah, and it might be... Many more than one million, right? Dollar <laughs> question that we're talking about here with Baker Mayfield. You know, I, I sense that there isn't a lot of rush on either side, and I think there's actually value to both sides in being patient. There are plenty of indicators that Baker Mayfield is the real deal, and the Browns fans have a quarterback they can rally around for the next decade. Uh, at the same time, sam- the larger the sample size of really good football, the safer the investment tends to be. And we saw two teams this offseason trade quarterbacks that were drafted just two years ahead of Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, respectively, number one and number two in 2016, who each earned extensions after the third year of their rookie contract. The upside was that if they played really well, it'd be a bargain. The downside was that if that one or one and a half year sample size of them playing really well, was more fiction than in fact, it'd be a major headache. It turned out that both the Rams and the Eagles offloaded those contracts this year. So there's proof in the pudding of waiting. At the same time, you have a culture that you have to turn to. And if you're the Browns and saying all these glowing and positive things about Baker Mayfield, 
but not paying him, that's a problem. That being said, I said there's value to both sides. And if you're Baker Mayfield, if you wait out a Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, other quarterback contracts, you may not necessarily eclipse all of them, but the number is only going to go up right now for the next rookie contract for quarterbacks. It's going to go up and up and up as the salary cap goes up and up and up. So patience can pay off in a major way. Very interesting stuff. We're going to go from the field to the fantasy land. After our break and after our timeout, we're going to look at some of those top weapons for the Browns offensively. Who is field buying stock in? That and more coming up on Sports for CLE. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for fall classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. segment of the day on sports for CLE. I'm John Fanta and we are welcoming in NFL insider for ESPN, the co-host of the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. That is Field Yates and get this folks, just earlier today, over on the Twitter account at ESPN Fantasy, there was a huge breakdown, a, a deep dive with Field, Matthew Barry and company on the Browns and the Bengals. Field there was great stuff going along the lines of that. When we look at the Browns' weapons, and there are many to choose from, who's your highest-rated Browns offensive player? Yeah, this one is crystal clear. It's Nick Chubb. And <laughs> Nick, obviously, a very rich man these days right now. So I could have called him the worst running back in football, and he probably wouldn't have cared about my opinions these days. That being said, uh, Nick is far from that. He is, a matter of fact, one of the best running backs in football and now paid as such. But if you look at his production over three seasons, last year played in 12 games, but he has, as many Browns fans I'm sure know, the highest yards per carry average through the first three seasons 
any running back's career in NFL history. He has a tremendous workload. He's a good bet for over 1,000 yards in any season, close to 10 touchdowns in any season. While he's not the busiest of pass-catching running backs relative to players like Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara, such a good runner, so productive near the goal line, able to handle a huge number of carries that Nick Chubb is the crystal clear best Browns fantasy asset this year. Yeah, the man behind him in that category that you listed, one Jim Brown. Uh, pretty, oh, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, the best of the best company here in Cleveland. Uh, let's look at a receiver who is shining right now, Field, at training camp for the Browns. We know that Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. will lead the headlines. But right now, it's the second year wide out from Michigan. Hard to believe he was a sixth-round draft pick. Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is catching a lot of eyes through the first week of camp. What do you make of his value? First of all, good to see. And uh, you know, as we know, oftentimes the biggest leap for a player in his career comes between his rookie and second season. player has a full offseason underneath his belt, has a better understanding of what's incumbent upon that player to be productive week in and week out. And to your point, it was a surprise that he went in the sixth round last year. Many thought he'd be much closer to a third or fourth round pick at one point during the pre-draft process. So I think it's probably difficult to envision him having a huge fantasy successful season this year because of OBJ, because of Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper and Kareem Hunt and Harrison Bryant and potentially David Njoku. But as we also know, looking ahead, there is some discussion about how the Browns are going to handle their wide receiver contracts in future years. Eventually, they're going to sign Baker Mayfield to an extension. Eventually, they're going to sign someone like Wyatt Teller to an extension and Denzel Ward to an extension. And what happens when you sign all these really talented players, the contracts that aren't cheap, by the way, is that you're going to have to make other difficult decisions. So it's possible that a year or two from now, the Browns are really, really relying upon DPJ to be a big part of their passing game. With that in mind, value to DPJ deeper in a draft in a keeper league, perhaps? Yeah, I was going to say, if you play either a keeper league or a dynasty league, that's the ticket right there. And I think that uh, sometimes the best pickups you make in a dynasty league are those that you get no value out of potentially for a year or two. So. He's amongst those sort of stash names that I'm keeping an eye on right now. Not saying the Browns are definitely going to have to force their hand at wide receiver next offseason, but if you just do a little bit of a numbers game and look at some of the contracts that are coming up, at some point you have to recognize that tough business decisions could come, and one of the players that might be called upon to fill a larger role would be Peoples-Jones. What's your next biggest fantasy football headline? When you evaluate Browns players, someone, we, we can certainly think of a couple of guys that may stick out to you the most, that you're most intrigued by heading into this season. Yeah, I think that they, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is as much of a conundrum value-wise as anybody in fantasy football. Uh, Odell, rare talent. His start to his career was literally one of the greatest we've ever seen from a wide receiver. He's not old. This is not a guy who's even turned 30 yet. But in two years, albeit two injury-depressed years in Cleveland, we've tried to envision him being the player he was early in his career with the Giants and hasn't yet happened. 
In fantasy, name value does tend to play a part in where players are drafted. Odell Beckham Jr. has the ability to be one of the five or eight best wide receivers any year. But after two disappointing seasons, the question will be, does he take that leap? Does he restore his form? Or is Odell one of those players that gets drafted early in every league, but maybe doesn't quite return the investment? 35 touchdown receptions in OBJ's first three seasons. Just 16 combined in the last four. He's shown us the flashes. Can he be consistent? And in a Browns deep receiving court, it's going to be interesting to see how all that hashes out. All right, Field Yates. Now, it's only August, so I'm not going to hold you to it at all. But by the same token, got to ask you, your Browns prediction for this upcoming season. Pull out the crystal ball. Yeah, I'm going to give them the same number of losses with an additional win this year. 12-5, and five, which puts them right in the mix in the AFC North for the division crown. Uh, I don't know if that's good enough for a first-round bye because there's only one bye this year. I feel like Kansas City kind of has a leg up uh, as the clear-cut best team in the AFC. But I look at the AFC with potentially four teams in a top tier. Kansas City, Baltimore, uh, also Buffalo, and Cleveland. So those four teams feel like, you know, if, I, if I had to pick my final four in the AFC right now, those would be them. So uh, incredibly happy for Brown's faithful who uh, has been waiting a long time to see the kind of football that they saw last year and I believe we'll see again this season. Hall of Fame game is tonight over at Fawcett Stadium. It's great to have football back. It'll be the Cowboys and the Steelers. And it's enshrinement weekend. And it's two years in the making. Two classes getting inducted. I'll leave you with this. Your favorite Hall of Fame player growing up, someone that you just always looked up to, always found yourself rooting for. Who is it? You know, a player that I've always enjoyed rooting for is Ed Reed, a guy who, who oh. just was everywhere defensively for the Ravens during his career. I know he's a Raven, so maybe that's <laughs> not the right answer to uh, mention on Cleveland uh, broadcasting. But uh, Ed Reed, such an instinctive player, a guy who seemed to know what the offense was doing better than the offense itself. Uh, Ed Reed was always fun. And when he got the football in his hands, which was pretty frequently, he had one thing in mind, a touchdown. Yeah, Field, Browns fans have woken up with nightmares uh, of Ed Reed, and they're very glad uh, that they no longer have to be putting up with Ed Reed because he was just that a beast. Field Yates, NFL insider for ESPN. You can catch him daily with great content, fantasy-focused football podcast co-host as well. Field, we appreciate the time. Thank you, John. Thank you, Field. Thank you all for watching Sports for CLE. I'm John Fanta. We are back tomorrow. Mac Robinson will be in the host chair with you at 4 Eastern time as the Browns will get back to the practice field in front of fans in Berea. Latest headlines on the Browns and much more. Enjoy some football tonight. Let's go.